Hi, I'm Sean Horn, founder and CEO of BeBell.ie. So what is BeBell? Well, it's a place of positivity. It's a place where you can be happy, be kind, be bold, feel supported and encouraged to fulfill your dreams. So come and join us on social media at BeBell underscore tribe or subscribe at BeBell.ie for future events and upcoming podcasts. With that in mind, welcome to series two. We've interviewed some amazing, inspirational women this series. So pop on your headphones, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Today, I am delighted to be joined by the fabulous Chloe Sheehan. Chloe, hi and welcome. Hi, Shan. Thanks very much for having me. Absolutely not a problem. Um, Chloe, I was so happy to get you on. Um, I saw your story when you shared it on your Instagram page and... I just think it's a really important message. But as you know, always with BeBell, we love to go right back to the beginning. So let's start, Chloe. Where did it all begin for you? So it all began in 1993, born and bred in Cork. Um, I was the youngest. I am the youngest and the second to my mum and dad. Um, I have an older brother. He's three years older than me, um, which I suppose we're probably on the same maturity level because <laughs> with men and women, women are a bit more and more mature. Um, so yeah, so I have one brother. I was born in 83, so I was 27 this year. Born in Cork and I was raised most of my life in Douglas. My father is originally from Dunamore. My mother is originally from the city. And when I was about 17, we moved out to Dunamore where some of my family live and my dad was originally from. Um, And yeah, so then about two years ago, I moved to Glanmire with my boyfriend. So I've been all over the You've worked your way around the city, um, exactly. which is always great, but always Cork. I know we chatted about that earlier. I'm, I was chatting to someone yesterday and her mum said, but you're very, you're very passionate about Cork, Sean. And my friend was like, for someone that isn't from Cork, she's so yeah. Cork, it's crazy. But um, So you grew up in Douglas and where did she go to school? I went to primary school in Our Lady of Lourdes in Ballinlock. Lovely, small little school. Actually, it was a gorgeous school. And then I went to secondary school in the city. I went to St. Angela's from first to fourth year. And then I went to Hewitt College for fifth and sixth year. Cool. And in junior school, like, who did you gravitate to? You know, what were your friends like? What did you enjoy? Um, I suppose I always liked hobbies. Not so much sports, but always hobbies. Um... I loved, I did ballet, I did piano, um, I did running with the school, I did um, Gaelic football, and I, I kind of did the same when I went into secondary school, but like who I gravitated towards, um, I'm kind of funny that way. I always have a security blanket of a group of friends, but I always make friends with random individuals I don't know if that makes sense but I I you know I could like we'll say I could be 
friends with someone who's kind of gothic and she could be part of a totally different group and I could be friends with that guy there and he could be part of a totally different group you know I was always kind of like that I always had my group of friends but I always kind of dabbled and social had butterflying a kind of, yeah <laughs> that's what we call it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know that they were I, I didn't necessarily gravitate towards any particular kind of people you know and I think people are either that way inclined or the or completely the opposite I was very much like yourself I had my main core friends but I would sit in every group and I loved that I loved the more people I could learn from and the more people and then I my sister would have stayed with the same three friends all the way through school didn't divert yeah. from the arrows that was it yeah. um, but yeah. I think you learn a lot when you move groups and you know, because when we're all so different. Yeah. And I still, it's so funny because I still do it to this day. I still, I have my main group of friends. I have loads of best friends, but they all come sort of singular. I'm not part of their group. They're not part of mine, but they're my best friend. Do you know? And it's lovely. It is actually really nice. And do you bring those other people together? I have, I have done, yeah. But... I suppose all those people have their own groups. They have their yeah. own best friends, you know. Um, but I, yeah, yeah, I have, I have done. And it, I think anyone that I've ever brought together has always gotten on really, really well. You know, like, oh, just for example, like Laura and Mary Clifford or someone, you know, I, I can just bring people together and they, yeah. they always get, get on, you know. So I suppose it's a good, um, I might be a good judge of character. That's a good trait. <laughs> That's a good trait. Um, and so when you when you left senior school, you went to college, and what did you do? I did dental nursing in UCC. So I did that. I did my training up in the CUH, up in the dental hospital in the CUH, and absolutely loved it. I loved it. I loved going down to, we would rotate, and I loved going down to theatre, and like, I suppose not great to say this about dental, but the more gruesome it was, the better. I just loved it. I, I did always want to get into kind of nursing, um, something along those lines, paediatric nursing, I was thinking of for a while in the UK, but I chickened out of that. Um, but I, I was you, only, I only just... Did you chicken out that right? because it was, did you chicken out that because of the, the role or because of moving away from home? Moving away. I I was just 18 when I did my leaving cert and I was, I still am, extremely close to my parents. And I'd say in the morning, my mum would have said, go, go for it. But I'm a bit of a daddy's girl and I'd say it would have broken my dad's heart. You know, I, I suppose like, I think especially if you go away for college, you know, there there's a huge chance that you will do your work placement there and you might get something permanent there or you might fall in love there. And, you know, it, it, there, there's a big chance that if someone moves away from college that they won't come back. Do you know, that's just the way yeah. life goes. But I did, I did get accepted. Um, it was Herefordshire. I got accepted and yeah. And I just, I just didn't, I just didn't. I okay. stuck with Ireland and went to UCC. Yeah. And, and where did you say you got, did you say Hertfordshire? Hertfordshire, yeah. Yeah. So it's Hertfordshire. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, I didn't go there. I'm only laughing because I read phonetically. And so I know what okay. Hertfordshire is. But uh, yeah, Hertfordshire, beautiful place, actually. But And you will yeah, go there. Yeah, it's over there. And it, it was lovely. It was really, really nice. It's beautiful. But everything for a reason. 
Absolutely. And so how long was your course that you did on dent in dental nursing? Um, it was just over two years, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just over two years. Um, so we're up there, but it was, it was pretty intense. Like it was, a, it was 35 hours a week, you know, yeah. um, not a lot of clinical hours had to be done. Um, but I, I did love the rotation. I loved going into the different clinics with the different people and, you know, meeting different types of patients, whether you were kids or special needs or emergencies or routine, you know, it was, yeah. it was actually very interesting. So I did that. I did that for years. I was dental nursing up until two years ago. Um, I suppose it's a very stressful job. You know, you're kind of in the background doing an awful lot of work. Um, and I suppose at that point in my life, I just wanted something with more routine hours. I wanted something that had more structure to it. And I just had to sit down one day and look at my life and say, right, my hair is falling out and what, what could it be? And then started changing. So I just, I just kind of went on a little journey of changing the way my life was going. And, you know, and then this job came up in an engineering company um, that I knew of anyway. And um, it was actually brought to my attention by someone um, a friend of mine brought to my attention and said, look, why don't you go for this? It would be more structured hours. Um, you know, and, uh, so then I went for it thinking I'm a dental nurse. I will never get this work in yeah. an engineering company. And I did, I did. And I'm so, so blessed because it was a really scary time for me because I was going in with a wig on thinking I have to meet this whole new bunch of people. I have this whole new boss what are they going to be like? And it just turned out that I have the most phenomenal boss and colleagues and they have just been absolutely superb. And so did the know? start of your work, the start of your work as a dental nurse, did that coincide heavily with, with the start of your hair loss? Um, no. We've made, okay. So let's go back and, and look at that journey, I suppose. So in what year did you first notice that you were losing your hair? So February 2017, I had I had kind of maybe elbow length, lovely blonde hair. Yeah. And I, I know you can see me now with a big head of dark hair, but um, it was lovely and blonde. But um, yeah, I was getting my highlights done for my friend Nicole. And next thing she said, there's a little patch on the back of your head. She said, don't panic. Um, and of course I panicked. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah and like... At the time, I've always had eczema. I've always had it really, really under control, but I have always had eczema. And it kind of, it was a bit dry. And so I thought, right, okay, it might be a bit of eczema. And I went to my GP and she said, yeah, it could actually just be a bit of eczema because it's actually quite common to get eczema on the back of your neck. And I saw a dermatologist and she said, look, don't panic yet. It could be the eczema. And we were kind of going with that and everything was fine. And... It turned out not to be eczema, <laughs> obviously, yeah. but it from there it had grown and grown across the back of my neck, and the sides of my head had thinned a lot. Um, it was like oh god, it, it was like the end of the world. And little did I know it would go back that time, but it just I don't know. I suppose like I wasn't long with my 
I wasn't long with my boyfriend, I'd say, was I? Maybe I was only about two years with my boyfriend and not even, I'd say. And I was, I was a young girl. I was working with the public. So I had to see people every day. And that was actually one of the things when she found the patch, the first thing that went through my head was, oh my God, I wear my hair up every day. How many patients have seen this? You know, I was automatically thinking of, oh my God, who has seen this? And oh, it was, I have, I remember taking pictures on my phone that night of the patch and being like, oh my God, sending it on to the girls being like, look at this. It was about the size of five cent coin. Yes. Um, but it was the end of the world or what felt like the end of the world, that little yeah. patch. Um, so it progressed. It got worse. Um, I tried different steroids at the time and different creams and I was still able to hide it. So although I was suffering on the inside, I looked okay, somewhat okay on the outside. Um, well, I just and have to add, Chloe, though, just have to add though, somewhat okay. You are like stunning model stunning. Oh, God. So, not. so just for people that can't see you, the girl is absolutely stunning anyway. Um, I just have to mention that. But do you know what I, I was wondering was when you first, when that first happened to you, like, was it easy to, for you to find information and help? No, no, not at all. Not at all at all. Like I, I really kind of only started to find things the second time my hair fell out. But I, I even remember my mom ringing to see, was there any alopecia support groups or anything like that in Cork? And, and there was nothing um it's such i think such a sensitive topic hair loss that people don't talk about it there's a huge stigma to it and for that reason if someone doesn't talk about it someone doesn't hear about it so it was never a case of my mom could go somewhere get her nails done and some she'd say oh my daughter's alopecia and that someone would say oh i know someone who knows someone she could talk to her do you know because people don't know people who have it it's, yeah it's you know it's sort of a, it's not talked about so Really, the first time I went through it, I definitely went through it alone. Definitely. Now, looking back, I feel like I coped better then than I did when I lost it again. So, like, I got that tiny little patch in February. It grew quite substantial across the back of my neck and the sides of my head. But come September, it had all grown back. Everywhere. Okay. Yeah, it had all grown back. Um... Then come that Christmas, I was wearing a wig. <laughs> okay, so we're back in the September. And tell me, because obviously the follicle of the hair is important. When you have alopecia, does the follicle, follicle disappear or, or it's under the skin? How does it work? So there are many types of alopecia okay. and some actually have causes. Some don't, but some do. Like we'll just say, for example, a telogen effluvium. That's where your follicle stays in the sleeping phase, the anagen phase you lose hair, that's normally caused by stress. Then you have alopecia areata, alopecia universalis, all them are mostly caused by inflammation and um, raised cortisol levels, so an autoimmune disease. Um, so with mine, I'm very lucky in a way because it's alopecia areata, meaning it's non-scarring. So my follicle doesn't get scarred. So once there's no scar in there, there's always an opportunity for the hair to grow again. Nobody knows why it doesn't when it happens. Nobody knows if it'll ever grow back again. Um, 
I mean, even you see an awful lot of people who are completely bald all over their body and they would have started with alopecia areata. They would have once had alopecia areata. So, you know, it, it can develop. Um, but for me, that September, it had grown back from doing nothing. It had just grown back. Um, and then come November, it just fell away. Okay. Fell away much faster than it had. It started off with, I saw the sides were thinning and behind my ear then disappeared and it was everywhere. The hoover was getting clogged. It was so bad because it was so fast. And then December was when I began to not leave the house because I couldn't. Okay. Um, it was so bad. I met a friend one day. I was so upset and I met her for lunch and I had a hat on. And I thought I had been crying, I'd say, for about a week leading up to it. And she was just looking at me going, this is not you. Like, you look horrendous. She said it straight out to me. She was like, come on now. She was like, you have to go get a wig. She was like, you have to, you have to do something. So that following week, I was like, you know what, you're right. And I tried on a few with her. And the following week, I ended up going up to Dublin with my mum, my dad and my aunt and bought a wig. And you know what? I put it off for so long. And... It was actually the best thing I could have done. It just gave me back the freedom of being able to go out to the shop and to leave the house and to get into the car, you know, rather than feeling like I was stuck. No, I hated the wig. I hated it at the start. I was saying, that's not me. It doesn't look like me. And, you know, I always say to people, I looked in the mirror and I thought, that's not me. My hair's, my hair's funny and I don't look like me. So then I put on a wig and I looked in the mirror again. I'd say, that's not me either. I couldn't find my identity. I really, really struggled with that. I, I just, I mean, there was a time where there, it was only about a week or two, but I, I could not look in the mirror, not even to brush my teeth, you know. And, and where was the first place you went? Like, why, why did you go to Dublin to get your first wig? What, what was there that you needed, I suppose? Um, well, I'd only tried one place in Cork and I had rang around and I just basically accidentally got in touch with this woman in Dublin who was just so so nice and you know she was like I'll send you on a few pictures there and she'd really trendy stuff she had balayage wigs and oh, cool. you know long wigs because a lot of wigs I looked at were all quite short um and she'd all human hair wigs and she had a fantastic selection I mean I walked into the shop it's in Donnybrook in Dublin I walked into the shop and Oh my God, I don't know, is there like 50 wigs on display? It's oh, so... It's like a showroom, isn't it? It's fantastic, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of places, well, like a lot of one-man bands will kind of show you a catalogue and say, pick out what you want and I'll order it. Whereas I wanted to go up and try them all on and come yeah. home with one, you know? Um, but it was, it was such a weird experience. It was so strange. We were up there and... It was all like, oh, I was like, I can't believe now this has come to it. And uh, next thing, we got a bit teary at one point. And because I suppose I kind of looked at my mum, my mum looked at me and then my aunt looked at her and we were saying, why, do you know, it was such a, a happy day up until then. But at one point we were kind of like, you know what, this is, this is crap, you know. Yeah. And uh, looked around the corner, here comes my dad in a wig. He took a wig off the stand. My dad is completely bald. <laughs> he rounded the corner with a wig on. Oh my God, he looked horrendous. I was like, dad, and sure we all started getting laughing again. So we bought the wig and we headed back down the road and it kind of gave me, it definitely did give me my freedom back. You know, it, it gave me 
that feeling of not okay I didn't feel very comfortable when I was out but at least I was able to go out you know um but it's that second time so when I kind of got over the whole wig sag I mean began to be able to work with them be able to do what I want with them it was then that um I actually saw Amber Jean Rowan was on the Late Late Show and she is an alopecia model she's Irish but she's living in the UK yeah and she she went on the Late Late Show without her wig and she looked phenomenal. I remember sitting down with my mom and dad watching it and I was like, oh my God, she's gorgeous. I just thought, if you have no hair, you can't be gorgeous. Like, that's it. Because you look strange. You look unusual. And I looked at her and I was like, there's nothing strange or unusual about her. She is absolutely stunning. She's beautiful. Yeah. You would Google her. But, um, so I wrote to her on Instagram afterwards and was like, you are like the first person I've seen without a wig on and you look amazing and all this. And she wrote back to me. I was like, oh my, I was starstruck. I was like, oh my God, this model wrote back to me. And she was so lovely. And um, next thing in April, she had said, I had been back and forth to her about how I wanted to come out and tell everyone about my alopecia because I was on a ski holiday and I was, so my, my hair, I got my wig in at Christmas and I was going skiing in January and or February and I felt absolutely horrendous I was like how am I going to go on holidays with this thing now and then I have to wear hats and how am I going to manage it because it's it's it takes a lot of hard work and I on the last night of holidays I said to my boyfriend I said look they're all going to figure it out tomorrow in the airport because I've been wearing a hat or a helmet all week I said I'm going to tell the girls so he said okay and uh, because these at the time were my boyfriend's friends and so he said do and he was very encouraging so I went over and I told the girls, and I'm sure a couple of drinks helped that situation anyway. And they were amazing. They were so supportive. And I just felt like somebody lifted the lid for me. Oh my God, I just felt so free. I was like, finally someone knows. And and I was like, and it's not someone that's overly close to me. These are people I was on holidays with. Do you know, it was just felt amazing. They were so kind about it. They were so nice that there was, I don't know, was there... 20 odd people of us on that ski trip that I actually ended up telling everyone on the yeah. ski trip all the lads everything and, I told them did it help you that because obviously you know a couple of people have come out at that point and talked a little bit about it like Claire Baldin and Olivia yeah. Bentley from Made in Chelsea I think around the same time about 2018 she was talking about her hair loss did that help you to at all you know what it it answered your question yes it did but yeah. I Amber Jean Rowan asked me to write, we were back and forth and I was saying how I felt so empowered when I was on holidays and I was telling her all about the ski trip and she said, would you ever think about telling people? And I was like, yeah, I'd probably love to, but I wouldn't know how to and all this. And then she said, look, I have a blog on my website if you want to write a piece for it. She said, nobody has to know, you know, that it was you or whatever. And I said, no, no, I want to put my name and picture and stuff to it. So I did. And even at that, I thought I had a bit of a safety net to say that nobody I knew would be reading the blog of an alopecia model. You know what I mean? So I had the, I had the safety of saying, you know what, if I actually don't really want anyone to see it, is that the worst thing? No one I know personally yeah. see it. But the night she put it up, I posted on my Instagram. I just loved it. And the night she put it up, I was just, I felt amazing. So I was like, right, I'm going to post it. And the love just started pouring in, pouring in. I was so emotional, so thrilled. And for once, 
for feeling so trapped for so long, I was just so free. I was like, right, everyone knows. So nobody has to take a second look at me again and say, is, is that is that a wig? Is, is, what? People just know now. So there's no, you know, again, itchy wig and I might scratch behind my ear, but the whole thing might move <laughs> left and right. And I tell you, it still freaks out my friends. They're like, geez, they look at me and they think my whole scalp is moving. It does look kind of freaky, but nobody takes any notice of me anymore. Do you know? Because yes. you know, like it's, it's just, it's super empowering. Um, so since then, I've just been on a drive to try and kind of help others. But my personal page on Instagram, I was getting, I was getting a, a few people coming, you know, towards me. But I wasn't posting that much about my hair because I knew I had all my friends on it and stuff. And they're probably all sick of seeing hair stuff. So during lockdown, my best friends were like, would you not just go to a page? You were yeah. obsessed with trying to help other people that went through what you went through. Because you always say, look, I had no one you know, I felt so alone. And um, so I did. So the page now is about, it's just over two months. So yeah, so it's doing, it's doing really, really well. I, I talk to maybe, I probably get about 15 new people come to the page every day. Sometimes they just pass by and they just ask me a question about hair loss. Um, lots of mums, lots and lots of mums, which shows that like mums really need support in this too, yeah. do you know? Um, and it's lovely because I always just say, if I could have just, that day that I found that patch, if I could have just seen someone and seen, look, it's all okay. And, you know, had someone to talk to. And that's what I'm trying to be there is to be that person that people can just message and just vent if they feel like they can't talk to anyone in their lives. You know, especially, I always say, it's very difficult for other people to understand. So, you know, when you see a doctor and they're like oh yes yeah yeah and they're telling you this and you're telling you that and and you're like you know and and they're like oh but you don't need your hair or, or stupid comments like this and you're like but you know it's not happening to you <laughs> you know oh, absolutely and it's that, it's that saying again of you know don't maybe don't make a comment just listen um and i, I always say just ask someone what they need from you because you know what your needs will be could be very different to somebody else that's just discovering that, that, that this is happening to them. Yeah, that's actually something that my mum said recently. She, she said um, if she could give advice to any other mum, it would to just listen, to just yeah. listen. You know, I, but I suppose it's very hard for mums because they're supposed to be superheroes and they're supposed to be able to fix everything. So for my parents to not be able to fix it was just you know, heartbreaking for them. It was really, really tough for them. And my mum now deals with it quite okay. Um, my dad, I would say not so much. Um, I know, like, I, I'd be saying, Dad, look, I've hair growth there. And I'd be thicking the hair in his face. And he's like, yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, grand. You know, I, I know it's still hard for him. I suppose I'm his baby girl. And he yeah. absolutely adores me, you know, and I absolutely adore him. And so to see someone you love like that is probably not great. But like, I always say to people, I always say, you know, it was really, really hard at the start, the journey for me, but I can't imagine what it actually must have been like for those closest to me. It must have been horrendous. Like I, I would hate, I would much rather take it in the morning than to see someone so close to me take it. Do you know that kind of way? No, absolutely. And, and, and especially when it, it's something that you can't control. That's, I think that's the most difficult thing. But sharing your story has helped so many people and will continue to do so. And, and so is there like a helping, a help group 
even now in Cork or Ireland that people can go to? There, I know the um, Alopecia Association do a few meetups a year in Dublin. Um, I've never gone to one. I've never, I've never gone up to Dublin to one. Um, there's nothing in Cork. Um, it is something that I am looking into and I am going to try and organise. Um, but I am in lots of groups, lots of WhatsApp groups, stuff like that. I, like, I, I'm in groups with women from all over the world and it's actually really nice just to talk about life in different countries as well and stuff. It's really yeah. interesting. But I find since I started the hair page, it's crazy and it has come to my attention the amount of people on my doorstep that are hiding it and I tell you Shan like living your life like that because I was there is a nightmare it's a nightmare you know I'm not I'm not saying they have to go out and tell everyone I'm just saying that phase of it of is it going to fall is it not what's happening where what's going to happen to me am I going to end up in a wig and I've no one to talk to my boyfriend doesn't understand you know this kind of thing it's 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 a really really difficult place to live you know absolutely um and so from your first wig now I mean wigs are in everybody's yep. watched it creak Molly yeah. Rose is a legend <laughs> she never had alopecia but she's got wigs everywhere um, yeah do you treat do you treat your wigs as she does like your friends now your children <laughs> well i'm actually in my wig room right now and they're all gathered around me <laughs> listening to my podcast i <laughs> know i do i do i have i actually have a room in i'm a spare room and it's my wig room it's just like oh my god they're they're treated better than i would have ever of treated my own hair or anything like that they're just I just I'm so delicate with them and recently I've started to branch out I have like a purple one an auburn one a brown one you know and I've and I, I tend to wear my wig less now as well I normally wear blonde but I'm loving my dark hair as well so I'm trying to get the dark hair it out is lovely. it is lovely so, um, so yeah I like my shaving and um I always think of it like you have the opportunity to recreate yourself daily yeah, absolutely. I, I normally I normally go for the same ones, but if I think another one matches an outfit better, I'll put that one on. It's hilarious. It's like a pair of shoes. And sometimes I even match my outfits to my wigs. I yes. wore a, I wore a purple one to my friend's dinner party not so long ago and it was a purple cropped one and it was fab and I wore an all black outfit then and purple eyeshadow. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna rock. <laughs> What that telling? And so, what <laughs> advice would you give anybody? You know, if they they've discovered you know the loss or small patch on their head, what advice would you give them? Where should they go for for some help? And what is your Instagram page where they might be able to hook up with you and have a chat? Okay, so my Instagram page is Chloe's Hair Affair. Um, I normally ask someone a little bit about their lives first and see, see what the story is. But normally step one is go straight to a GP and get bloods done. And you can get hair loss from so many things. I mean, one girl actually, like you can have thyroid issues or anything like that. But I remember one girl saying to me that she starts getting hair loss and she, I was like, go to your GP and get your bloods done. And it turned out she was something like four months pregnant. Yeah. So like you know, there could be something else going on in your body, you just don't know. Um so it's definitely get down to the root of that. But I suppose then they might come back and say, Look, nothing nothing has come from it and I'd always say, 
I'd always, you know, say, right, are you going on to a dermatologist? Where, where, where do you stand? And then I suppose you get to know the person. Do they want to go a holistic route or do they want to go, you know, more medical route? I mean, I've tried everything, so I can yeah. definitely advise them what worked and what didn't work for me. Not necessarily will or won't work for someone else. But, um, yeah, so I kind of just dive through everything with them. And then I always, no matter what the reason for the hair loss is, I always say to do a little bit of work on yourself definitely because hair loss can consume you without you even knowing it. it it really can consume you so um i'm not saying because you didn't do work on yourself your hair fell out i'm saying because your hair fell out do work on yourself it, it can consume you yeah so I'm a huge lover of meditation yoga mindfulness um stuff like that affirmation so i i always even people are like oh no no i'm not into that i'm like just try it just try it you know yeah. you'll come back to me and thank me just try it. Like everybody who does it didn't do it at one point. Do you know, yeah. we all have to start somewhere. Do you know? So it's definitely, I definitely say go down that route, no matter what your hair loss is caused by or whether it's going to go back or not. I think everyone needs a little bit of it in their lives anyway, don't they? Absolutely. It's very bell. We tell everybody that, you know, exactly. self-care self both both so important. Um, yeah. But look, all your, your story is amazing. Your, your information is brilliant. Um, I know people will contact you. Um, and you're so right, different reasons for it. I mean, alopecia is something very different to, you know, hair loss itself. I know when yeah. I was going through, um, you know, fertility, I had dreadful hair loss, but that was hormonal. Um, and now going through the menopause, it's starting all over again. We, yeah. as women, are just so blessed, aren't we? Um, <laughs> you've got all that, all that to look forward to, Chloe. But, I know. To finish off, Chloe, I want to take some um, a couple of questions from the jar from your predecessors. Uh, okay. Let me pull the first one out. Okay. Oh, this is a nice one. What song makes you smile? Oh, what song makes me smile? What did I say the other day? Was like, oh, um, the song from um, Beaches. Oh, what is it? All Saints. You know that song from Beaches oh, the movie. Oh, Shores. Um, uh, yeah, that's it. I love it. Okay, that's so not the name, but I know the one you mean. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay. I love it. Perfect. That makes me smile. Excellent. Next one. Three words to describe you. Oh, okay. Um, bubbly. I think I would talk to a plant if I could. <laughs> I just don't stop. <laughs> um compassionate I think I think I and it's probably something I have to work on I think I try and do everything for everyone else but in turn I love that so it yeah. actually benefits me um and funny I'd like to think I'm funny don't know if I am or not but me and my boyfriend seem to be laughing constantly so he thinks I'm funny so look <laughs> I was going to say, I definitely would say smiley as well. And to finish oh. off, to finish off, what is the one thing that you can't live without? Oh, chocolate. Good answer. <laughs> That's 100% honesty. I could have came up with something better there. But I was going to say, that, well, like, that didn't take much thought. That came straight out. I'll be following your story. Um, oh. Keep doing what you're doing because it really does help. I always say when you share a story, you know, People will come out of the woodworks that resonate with that. Um, and the fact that you're offering such support to those people is really, really important. So thank you so much for today.
And thanks for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. You're so good. And I, I actually, I was so honored when you asked me to come on. So I really, really appreciate it. I love Be Bell and I love everything it stands for. So thanks a million. Thank you.